Well welcome along. What we're going to be uh, discussing in this final section of um, breaking through your fears and uh, feeling like you want to give in or, or defeated within a lesson is uh, the valuable use of counselling. And um, I've utilised counselling on a couple of um, occasions for myself. I've certainly um, recommended counselling for some of my clients that are going through some rocky patches. And um, what I found is that you know having a third party or an independent um, counsellor or somebody that you can go to um, really helps you to gain the clarity that you may have lost um, around your goals, around your vision, around your identity, who you are and what's important. Now there's counselling on different levels. Firstly, let's identify what I mean by the word counselling. On the very base level there are professional counsellors that are out there that might be psychologists or social workers that work from um, more of a survival means. So what are your base instincts, what are you needing to, um, to get correct in your life, to get empowered, to move forward. Um, so that's the first section of counselling um, that is available to you. Usually you can get um, referral from a medical doctor and get rebates back on that through your health systems. Um, you know, these are incredible resources or um, places that you can go um, to be able to just get some external help. And, um, you know, I've definitely recommended for um, certain periods of um, clients that are going through some, some patches or questioning um, some bigger issues that they go and get some external uh, counselling just to be able to see them through that rocky patch. And um, you know the first thing that's really important is to understand and be aware that it's a tool just like business coaching is a tool, just like um, having a mentor is a tool. Okay, so counsellors are, are valuable people within our society that really add huge amounts of clarity um, with uh, their expertise. So usually referral is the best way to go to find those counsellors. The second type of counselling might be with your relationship, relationship counselling. I think sometimes it's really important um, to sit and talk to somebody um, once again that isn't involved in the relationship and doesn't know you at all as a uh, independent third party to just to just listen and sometimes you know that um, having that counseling role means that you're just sitting with those couples to try to get to resolution so what is it that you actually want are you clear with the end picture of what you want so that you can start moving in that direction so that's another way uh, that you can work Personally, the type of counselling um, that I enjoy the most is to utilise somebody who has experienced what you're experiencing, somebody who's walked the path of which you're walking, and somebody who is now living in the situation of which you choose that you would like to live. And so in that definition, counselling or mentoring is about sitting with somebody who's open to be able to encourage and to be able to gain um, you know, a bigger perspective on the current situation. And I know for Kent and I, we've engaged in some counselling uh, with a couple that have had a hugely successful um, business. They have both been retired and full-time parents in, since their 20s and um, their children are now um, both graduates from Bond University, um, independent, confident, successful in their own right and um, you know for us that kind of um, role modelling uh, we hadn't found um, within our immediate families 
And so for us, getting counselling from a couple such as them meant that we had to earn their respect and we certainly needed to take on board the advice um, so that we could keep in close contact with them and be able to be mentored more and more. And I know that some of the counselling sessions um, that we've had have been very, very nuts and bolts. Let us see your net worth, let us see your plans, let us see you know, what it is that you're actually achieving. And um, I have found that they have tended to be the most brutal counselling sessions because they're based on facts. And you know, logically, that's one way to build um, you know, success. Emotionally is tended to be more what my comfort zone is. So when I'm faced with a lot of facts and then you know, the evidence states that, well, the only reason you're not getting your results is because you're not actually achieving what you need to achieve, that can be very challenging for me. Whereas for Kent, he can process that really, really easily. And so he leaves really focused and clear on, yep, they're absolutely right, this is what we're not doing, this is why we should never go to counselling. Alternatively, what I found is that that emotion that it brings up is exactly what we're needing. And so for the majority of people, like confrontation isn't something that we'll move towards. And certainly in our relationship, um, I feel that counselling is so very valuable on a regular basis because it just allows us to um, get a snapshot of where we're at, as I said, a bigger perspective. And is it going to bring up emotion? Absolutely. Will it bring up confrontation? Definitely. But will it allow you to um, tack or change direction quicker if you're headed in the wrong direction? And you know, I'd much rather have that emotion for the short term or the perturbation that we spoke about last week um, than get to the end of my life and feel like I've slugged it out and done the best I could and still not gotten the result. And so I think it just comes to be an understanding that, you know, for me the counselling is far more effective as a couple because I'm able to take ownership for myself, but I'm very open um, with the people that can give me more clarity and more perspective. And so a good example of, of a counselling session that I'll educate you know, a lot of my clients about is that I don't fluff around when I'm utilising this person's time because it's very valuable. And so my opening statement when they said, how are you? Um, you know, I said, well, I'm hitting it up against some incredible character flaws that I feel like if I don't shift, it could be the downfall of my marriage. Right, so that's how we're going to open up our counselling session today. And, uh, you know, she would just look at me and laugh and go, okay, Kate, so tell me more, you know, because most people fluff around what their core issues are. I find as a coach, I'll get on a call with a client who might be paying up to $500 an hour and they'll say, so how was your week and where are you at and how are you feeling and, you know, and they'll discuss this and that and I'm like, let's get into this, you know, what have you achieved, what have you done, how are you feeling about where you're going? What nitty gritty, what questions have you prepared? What was your biggest win last week? How did you celebrate? Where are your frustrations? Let's get you moving ahead. You know, it's really important that you start to value the time that you're spending getting your mentoring, your counseling, your coaching, whatever you want to talk about, um, so that you can push ahead and move through whatever you need to move through. And, um, you know, certainly I understood after that counseling session when, when I was sitting in front of Kent saying that, and they had said, you know, please explain. And I was like, well, I'm so competitive that I find that I stomp over the top of people as opposed to, you know, stop and allow people to really expand and grow. And, and she just looked at me and said, right, you need this book. It wasn't um, anything that 
couldn't be resolved within, yep, I'll get you the book, this will help you. I took the book, I read the book, it did help and it solved the issue. <laughs> I applied the principles that I needed to. And uh, the challenge I was having, I could see, was that I was working constantly with what I needed to correct as opposed to working on the things that were going right. And so, you know, this uh, book, Anatomy of Peace, I bought for all of my clients and, and they each said that it was the most valuable asset that they'd ever been given. And so had I not gone to that counselling session myself and knocked up against that lesson myself and been a, a, open and accepting that, you know, others may also be experiencing this, I would never have sourced that book, thought about rereading it. Um, I'd even read it before, I'd just never actually been in motion that it was applied to me and so when I reread it it was a totally different book I was able to recommend it to some people and it really helped them as well and so you know this Arbinger Institute is a leadership institute and they specialize in that change process um, with families and with children and Anatomy of Peace talks about the process and as soon as I applied that and then taught it and put it into our life it had a very tangible effect. But I tell you what the bigger effect was, was being so open and honest, and Kent sitting there listening to me taking on advice, then he started to open up a lot more as well. And you know, they are very trusted um, friends of ours, and they gave him some advice, and you know, it was resisting, he didn't want to do that. However, um, within a few minutes when we discussed it, I said, well, really, it's not about what you want. It's about showing that you're teachable and that you're willing to follow their advice. And so it doesn't even matter if you don't get a result. It matters that they see that you're willing to take on their advice because then they'll give you more advice. And, you know, for me, that's the clarity I get from counselling or from coaching is if somebody tells me to read something, someone tells me to do something, it's because they believe it'll give me a shortcut from the lessons that they had to learn that got them to their dream life. So why would I ever dispute or fight that process? All right, so I think sometimes that, um, you know, we're not utilising or using uh, the advice that we're given from others um, as our roadmap or as our GPS to our destination. Instead, we're tapping in where we want to go and we're ignoring the instructions. And have you ever done that? Have you ever seen somebody tap in where they need to go, but then say, no, 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 I know a quicker way, or I know a better way, and, and overridden the GPS? It's no different. It's that uh, stubborn streak that we all have that we know better, and that you know the shortcut is definitely the way that we know. Well, the, far, the longest way to success is what a mentor has <laughs> said to me is a shortcut. Okay, so don't take shortcuts. There aren't any shortcuts when we're working together as a couple, as a team, there is going to be the success principles that we know work. There's going to be a timeline that is predetermined based on how radically you're willing to transform and to change and to listen and to grow. And the faster that you can transform and listen and change and grow, then the quicker the road to success. And so certainly for me, um, although I've set some huge goals and never achieved them on a yearly basis and get quite frustrated, when I look back I can see that it's because I keep trying to take shortcuts, because I keep trying to beat the system, I be keep on trying to 
uh, cheat my way there or, or use my charm or whatever it is that has worked in previous occupations but is simply not going to work overall when you think of what it feels like to have that inner joy or that inner peace and that knowing that, um, that everything's on track. And so the counselling, what's important is that you get real clarity on, on where your blocks are and when you're talking about your goals you alternate between the logic and the emotion. And so if 80% of us achieving is emotion, then where's the emotion stemming from? And as soon as you can get the clarity of where the emotion is stemming from, is it internal? Is it external? Okay, is it um, stemming from um, something that happened in the past? Is the emotion coming from a perceived emotion you'll have in the future? Or is it something that's occurring right there in the present? And so, you know, what's some good counselling? Um, some examples of good counselling I've had is when I've just broken down into tears and people have said, oh, you know, you're just exhausted, you're pushing too hard, it's not the right time, it's okay, don't worry and try to take me off the boil. Whereas um, he's just stepped right in and gone, oh, she's not feeling overwhelmed or stressed, there's a winner who's not winning. It's lines like that where when you think about it, that is astute counselling. When you can observe somebody and say, oh no, there's not overwhelm there, that, that's a winner who's not winning, who's breaking down. You need to keep that process going if you want to be a winner. And so, you know, that, that can take months to be able to understand um, from, from understanding the person that you're counselling or that you're working with, what is the right thing to say at the appropriate time. And so how good are you at counselling? What are some of the tools that you have to work within your partnership to counsel each other? Some of the best things that we've used are um, some tools based on um, Gary Chapman's book, The Five Love Languages. And you know, when you understand what your partner's number one or chief love language is, then it's really important that to use that as the major filter to work through some of these counselling issues or some of these issues is to know what's important to them. And so, you know, firstly, do you, <coughs> pardon me, uh, firstly, do you know um, what the love languages are? You know, for me, quality time and words of affirmation are really um, integral. Acts of service are really integral. But I have a mother who's a gift giver and uh, I have a best friend who's a gift giver. And so, you know, it was very strange for me growing up that I kept receiving all of these gifts and I've had friends that would come over and they'd say, my mother's never bought me anything. And it just seems every time I'm here, your mum comes home with little presents. And there might be, like I used to think they were just silly wastes of money, to be honest, that's what my, my thinking was, make my bed and I'll be more grateful than buying me a little doll or a little magnet or a little um, notebook or pen set or whatever it is that she'd see um, you know a novelty to buy for one or two dollars just to show that she was thinking of me and yet every time we would go away we didn't return without buying her a tea towel or a pen or a, you know she had her standard things that meant that we loved her and so it was very obvious because she would educate us if you're thinking of me buy me a present that's how I know you're thinking of me and these are the things I would like so leading into um, birthdays and Christmas 
um, she would have a list of things. Now, what gift have you thought of buying me because I've got a list here of things that I desire, I would like. So gift givers are so handy because usually it's a very obvious um, character trait or love language that you can pick up on. Little children will bring you little posies of flowers or, or, or bring you dollies from their bedroom or teddies or things like that and show you things. That's the gift giving starting to um, start to come out. So we have a son who's already showing that he's a gift giver. He likes to do acts of service and gifts as his number one thing. Whereas, um, you know, for Kent, his is physical touch. So you imagine that um, when you start to uh, get frustrated with each other, the first thing that will dry up is your love language. Okay, the number one uh, vital sign for when you understand that you're heading into what we call the crazy cycle we're going to go into and explain to you later on in the program is that the love language will dry up. And so I won't hear very many words of affirmation. I certainly don't get any acts of service coming my way, so no cups of tea made for me in the morning, um, meals uh, not prepared, things like that. I'll start to realise, oh, okay, there's a, you know, there's a block in our energy. This is a good time to have some counselling. Okay, use it as a tool to know when is it time, when is it appropriate to set up um, an external counselling session um, by understanding if you're feeling starved of love, well then you're about to go into a crazy cycle, so that's a tap. Um, the other tools that we um, utilise is really um, the fun factor. You know, if you start to measure within your relationship, well what's your fun factor, when once it drops under five, um, so you'd rank it at 4 out of 10 or, or 3 out of 10, you need to plan something spontaneous. You know, what is it? You need to reset a goal, you need to have a new uh, vision, a new focus. And so I know that, you know, when, when Kent is really topped up, he will plan all sorts of adventures for us. And I just tend to be able to just go along and not have to think, because all week I'm the organiser, thinking, planning, making sure things are executed, that on the weekend I'm just full. I can't think of anything. If he says, what would you like to do? I'm like, I don't know what I'd like to do. I'd just like to sit on the couch. And then the weekend goes by and we haven't had that quality time with the kids that he knows that I love. It's just I have no more energy to plan it. So are you working as a team? Okay, if you're the supportive person within the relationship and, uh, and that person's exhausted, are you planning things so that you're topping them up in their love language because as soon as I'm topped up with quality time and uh, adventure and words of affirmation, then of course uh, my natural instinct is to then want to top up that person. Okay, so it's not rocket science. Okay, <laughs> you start to understand that if you give 100%, you're going to get 100%. One of the things that reminds me of is that um, we were out to breakfast one, one morning or Kent woke up and said, why don't we go over to Paddington where you know your new client is and she owned this little boutique uh, gift store and he said, we'll go for breakfast at one of our clients who owned a restaurant and then take me up the road and you can introduce me to her and we can have a look around the shop and maybe you can buy something. And I was just like, wow, what a great morning. So anyway, I was sitting there having breakfast and, and just having a really nice time. And I said, well, maybe on the way home, we could drop past you know, the motorbike shop and you could show me the Ducati that you've got your eye on that you want to see. And he was just like a little kid and he was like, wow, this stuff really works. And I was like, what do you mean? And he said, well, I was reading because I had all my notes up. 
and uh, and he said I was reading that if I gave 100% and focused 100% on the other person to give what they want then I would naturally get what I wanted in the first place and it was just such a it was such a good transformation or a changing point um, that although I was teaching these success principles we really hadn't got them right in our relationship up until that point because it was a solo journey until then and as soon as he started to come on board and understand that you know there's something to these books that I'm reading there's something to these courses that I'm teaching and he started to get around the clients and meet their partners and realize that usually within the partnership one of them is the entrepreneur and the other person um, isn't really on that journey doesn't even want to be on that journey kind of been sucked into the journey forced on the journey um, that it is far easier to not resist it is far easier to start to contribute towards the goal um, and we'd set the standard that you know when I achieved my major goal which was $10,000 profit in two days a week and that meant that we could then think about having a family and he'd finish work and he'd get his motorbike and so we'd really built the vision but there wasn't the belief there wasn't the belief there that it could ever actually come true and on that morning to me that really signified that there'd been a change that now um, all of the little bits of counseling that we'd had all of the bit of mentoring that we'd had all the reading that we'd experienced was starting to come alive within our relationship and from that day forward I knew whatever happened we were a team and I think you know that's the one thing that I really wish for couples is that you know you don't force each other on each other's journey however if there's something you can do to contribute and for me going into that motorbike store was exciting and we got our photo sitting on the bike and that was the actual bike that we ended up um, purchasing and uh, it never got sold it sat there in that store waiting for us all those months and uh, we never knew how it would happen we just knew if we could suspend our belief and continue down the road of those success principles working more as a couple and understanding each other and getting through the ups and downs together as a team um, that how could we possibly fail anyway and so obviously those motorbikes have brought him huge amounts of joys up to his third one now um, and the yes has it caused us pressure and stress in times of you know challenge when we've had to grow our business absolutely have the counseling sessions been challenging yes do they get us to do things we don't want to do always <laughs> all right but the result of the the feeling of fulfillment or the happiness um, and those peaks of, of times where you have those days where you actually have the clarity of vision of, of achieving what you want to achieve being out of the workforce now for you know five years and in Kent for three and a half years coming up four years um, is it worth it yeah it's worth it you know get over yourself um, and understand that other people have achieved what it is that you're wanting to achieve other men have achieved what you want to achieve other women have achieved what you want to achieve um, and so it's not a sex-based thing it's not a it's not anything that could hold you back it's simply an acknowledgement that maybe somebody could give us a um, some tips or some hints some more perspective to go to where we need to get to so I'm hoping that um, you know whatever goal you've set that you're feeling frustrated around is starting to feel a little bit more manageable it's starting to feel like you can conquer it and um, really for the only result in how you react and you respond around the goal 
You need to stick in together as a couple when you get to this stage. That's the most important thing and if it's not feeling like you're sticking together, you need external help. You need to get some counselling and it's not failing to ask for help. Failing is not participating. Failing is not wanting to actively move towards that goal. That's the only failure. And as soon as we got that definition really, really clear is when we crossed our arms and sat down and sucked our thumbs, um, that's failure. Um, success is just getting up one more time then you've fallen down and saying okay is there anything else that I could do that is going to bring a happier feeling into this home or a happier feeling into this business um, that is what true success is it's just keep on moving forward and trust that the results are exactly as they should be so have a great week have a talk about that have a look at you know where are some areas that you might Start with um, getting some perspective, some coaching, some counselling, some mentoring. What are the areas that you need to focus on? Is it around health? Is it around money? Is it around social, um, family? What is it that you need to shift? And there's no embarrassment of acknowledging that fact to say, you know, my, something happened in my childhood, it's holding me back. I need to go talk to someone professionally. Just get rid of that anchor. It'll free up so much clutter, so much space to get you shooting forward to where you need to go. Um, you know, something might have happened physically to you that you need to forgive and you need to move forward. So lots of people have lots of tools and lots of expertise in those areas. Um, if we can connect you to somebody, please just um, shoot us through an email and we have a whole list of practitioners and counsellors and specialists in every different area. We'd love to pass on some referrals for you. So enjoy the process and I look forward to catching up again next week and moving you one step ahead. Bye for now.